girl, our girl Beth Karras is the lead here. And I gotta say this, she does a lot of driving in this episode. She's driving all over the place. She's driving a car. Is she driving the episode forward? I wonder. <laughs> it's a question for all of us. <laughs> Hi, Julia Pensavalli. Hey, Patrick Hines. Um, you guys, before we get to the episode, just a reminder, if you want more Jillian and me, find us on the old Patreon, you guys. Over 200 full ad-free bonus episodes to download a bitch right this second. Everything from Night Stalker to I'll Be Gone in the Dark to The Vow to a Heaven's Gate, girl. The Jinx. We did the first season of Serial, the podcast, Making a Murderer, Lorena. And then we do, like, after parties, and we send you fun videos, and we're reading tweets. Yeah. We're talking about Barbara Streisand, it's like a party over there. <laughs> we're giving you advice sometimes, much to everyone's chagrin, yeah, but here we are. Especially my husband's, who's like, are we going to get sued? You guys also join the Facebook group. It's the True Crime Obsessed Podcast Discussion Group. Over 35,000 of your best true crime friends are in there every day, every week. You and I are in there all the time. Super fun place to be. Yeah, I always say they get your jokes. If you say bear's going to bear and no one knows what you're talking about, come hang in the group. If you say give it a gook, no one knows what you're talking about, come hang in the group. Uh, lastly, you guys, follow us on Instagram, True Crime Obsessed Podcast. Uh, every Tuesday at noon, we go lunch. It's late. We call it Ladies Who Lunch. We get a little saucy, not in the boozy way, because it's a little early for us on the East Coast. But if you're having a liquid lunch, look, no one's going to judge you over here. Yeah, no, because you did say we go lunch, like we go lunching. We go live on Instagram. <laughs> oh, did I say we go lunch? We go lunch. I'm like, yeah, we do. We do lunch. Yeah, we do lunch. We ladies yeah. who lunch. And we just hang out for like a half an hour. We talk about the episode that just dropped. We take your questions. Sometimes Chrissy Teigen hangs out. It's a whole thing. All right, girl, what are we talking about today? We're talking about catching a serial killer, Sam Little, on the oxygen. And I got to tell you, girl. Please, what do you got to tell me? I have a lot of issues with this, honestly. I feel like, <laughs> first of all, we we have to, and I'm talking to you, Beth Karras. I'm talking to you, Oxygen. I'm talking to anyone yeah. who makes anything. Can we talk about sex workers in a better way for once oh in our God. goddamn lives? I'm so sick of it. I, I want to go on the record and say I really like Beth Karras. She is a different kind of host for this kind of thing. She kind of does it the way I would do it, which is like, in a less fancy way. You know what I mean? Like, here, uh, we're here, right? Are we rolling? Okay. Because you're talking about something horrible. And it's not just Beth. It's just like yeah. anyone who writes this, all the cops in it, it's like, oh, you know, they're, they're throwing the word prostitute around willy-nilly. Don't appreciate it whatsoever. I made 800 notes about how the word prostitute is Beth Karras' favorite word. We don't say that word, you guys. We don't. And I made the note, like, if, if I know that we don't say that word, how does Beth Karras not know that? I, I, like, at this point in the world, right? Yeah. Like, I know it didn't come out in 1980. This came out maybe two no. or three years years ago and the thing is like like Sam Little is such a monster and there are so many victims here and I just wanted a better telling of of the story of the victims here you know yeah agreed agreed but let's dive in anyway let's do it he is the most prolific serial murderer in United States history her family calls her Mindy her name is Mary Jo Payton Patricia Mel. We know he did three murders. We feel very confident he did more. Samuel Little murdered nearly a hundred people. I'll never in my career run across this ever again. So how does Sam Little get away with this for three and a half decades? That's the question a lot of people should be asking. By drawing and painting those victims, he's only further objectifying them. This is evil. This guy's evil. There were survivors. I remember thinking, I'm not going to make it out of this. Well, we went to trial, and things didn't go as planned. We didn't know who the hell was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't go back to the same thing sometimes. Plus, me another grade. Through this opening sequence, we learned some really terrifying shit. That, like, for decades, there was a serial killer on the loose in the United States, and nobody knew. Like, for decades, this guy was going around killing people all over the country, and nobody was connecting any of these murders. Yeah, and the victims were always women. They were always uh, strangled or bludgeoned, and they were always, yeah. as they describe, women on the margins. And basically, like, women who this Sam Little person knew that people wouldn't care about, and that sucked. We got to care about everybody. So a little preview. You know how Oxygen always does the coming up on? Yeah. My coming up on is like, I'm going to be screaming about how we have to care about people. So get ready for that. If you, if you want to pull over, I encourage you to do so. It's going to be a long ride. You're going you're gonna to want to start looking for that rest area. Why don't you look for the resty? Safely. And get, I yeah, want those floodlights. I don't want you to go to a known dumping ground, which I still can't believe is a thing. 
Just be safe. Can you imagine if like we were to get something in the Facebook group that was like, they said to pull over and I pulled over. It turns out it was a known dumping ground, you guys. Known dumping ground. Well, look, if you live to tell the tale, then good on you. And let's start that petition together to write to our congressperson and make sure that all of the known dumping grounds are no longer dumping grounds. They're just known pieces of land. I feel like you and me and AOC are all on the same page with that. AOC, freaking call me. Let's go. I'm sick of it. AOC, fix it. You know she's a lady paid at the five. You guys, we learn the sheer breadth of Little's reign of terror is stunning. 19 states, over 40 years, more than 90 murders, and no one connected the dots. The way Beth says that, because she, this number, 19 states, 40 years, 90, the numbers just get bigger and bigger. And we don't see Beth say this, it's just the voiceover, but you know, she's like, and nobody, nobody connected the dots. Like, but I honestly was like, who are we supposed to scream at about this? I feel like we're supposed to scream at Beth, but it's not her fault. You know what I mean? She's just the messenger at this point. So you guys, why are we not connecting the dots? Look, this is a, this is a larger fist to fry situation. I know we can't linger on this, but like states got to talk to each other. You guys like it's, it wasn't, it turned out it wasn't that hard to fucking figure out that one guy was doing all of the same shit. Right. And the big twist is that like Florida was pretty good here. We'll get into it. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. I'll, I'll, I'll mention it when we get there. But in my notes, I'm like, oh, okay. God, Florida's here. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so then it's like, what drove this monster to kill? And how did he get away with it for so long? Beth Karras is like, who the fuck is this guy? And how the fuck did he get away with this for so long? See, if, if that <laughs> Beth Karras showed up on camera, then I'd be like, Beth, girl, Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's what Beth, look, maybe it's just because I don't know if I'm still in a fight with Diane Diamond or not, and I need somebody at ID or Oxygen to respond to my tweets. So maybe I'm really just pulling for Beth in this moment. But I got to say, Beth reminds me a lot of me. Like, she sort of just, like, shows up mostly prepared. You know what I mean? And she, like, sits down, and she's got, like, a lot of questions. And I think what I'm trying to say is that when you look at the ID documentaries and you see Diane Diamond has rehearsed her lines. To a fault. It's too much, Diane. (laughs) I know. Just be able to live in your, be a little natural about it. Just, I would love for Diane Diamond to ask a question genuinely. Instead of doing it right before the commercial or be like, and did he bludgeon her? Yeah. I don't know. Diane. But I feel like Beth Karras is the answer to that. She's the opposite of that. We're like, she's trying to be just uh, natural, you know? And I love her for it, truly. Let's go easy on Beth Karras today. I am. I was coming for Diane okay. Diamond a second ago. <laughs> yeah, Diane's on my list. I still, I still know if we're friends or not. Yeah, she's not responding to your tweets. The silence is deafening, Diane. Whatever. I know. <laughs> Beth is like as upset as we are. She's like, to answer that, I'm heading back to where it all began. Let's just go to where it all started. And she, that tone is mostly like, this is going to be a horrible story, but I'm here to lead you through it. And so let's just see all about the Sam Little piece of shit, right? Sam Little was born in Georgia in 1940. But his story really begins outside Cleveland, Ohio, in the suburb of Lorraine where he was raised by his grandparents. Here's what we know. We know that it is reported that Sam Little's mother was a sex worker, that she reportedly left him on the streets as a toddler. He was raised by his grandparents, the McDowells, and this actually ends up working to his serial killer advantage because he's got two names to use. He goes by Sam McDowell and Sam Little, and we'll learn down the road that, like, that was one of the way he, like, was able to evade the cops was because, like, his rap sheet was really long but divided between two names. Right, right, right. So at the time, you know, in the 60s that's confusing because there are no computers back then and so you know he was in trouble a lot as a kid which honestly like it's hard when you're you're left on the street and you don't really have a place to go so they say you know he railed against authority from a young age and he's arrested eight times when he's in his 20s and like for serious shit you guys like intent to rape he's got all these different like assault charges oh in missouri they only gave him three months for rape just a cool three months, huh? Awesome. Thanks, Missouri. Thanks for that. Steve tipped in informed me that Missouri's not in the South. It might as well be, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, you know geography. God, what, is he going to pull a map down on the... F- no, but do you know that he gave me like a longitude or latitude like degree or whatever? And yes, I said latitude. <laughs> it's latitude, girl. It's <laughs> longitude and latitude. <laughs> That noise is Steve's head banging against the wall. 
You know what? You got a real bad latitude, girl. I, I don't like your latitude. I, it's enough. <laughs> and so anyway, yeah, Missouri was not giving him enough time for the rape. And, and the thing is, no, not, not not like not even close. But and then, you know, Baltimore, four years for assault with intent. The point is, he rarely served his full sentences. This guy was getting out of his full sentences left and right, which is crazy to me. I know. This guy, Sam Little, 93 <laughs> victim, Sam Little. <laughs> God. Oh, you guys, we're going to Florida in the 70s. I'm sorry. I don't. Beth Karras took us there. It wasn't until he moved to Florida in the early 1970s, when he was 31 years old, that he began to kill. Dead prostitutes were turning up around the Miami area, and no one knew why. And this is where Beth Karras just loves the word prostitute. Beth, I love you, but you say it way too much. And it's every cop. It's it's everyone we talk to. At one point, they're like, yeah, they spoke to his prostitute witnesses. And I'm like, okay, can't they just be witnesses? I do think that there was a, a real shift in saying sex worker at some point. Like, I feel like maybe they're saying prostitute instead of saying hooker. So maybe that was... Are those our options? <laughs> No, no, believe me, like, I, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. At one point, Beth does flip into sex worker, but she goes right back to prostitute. Is it what she was talking to the other Beth? Uh, yes. The lawyer? Yes, yes, yes. They have a little verbal sparring. Did you see that thing? That was crazy. Yeah. All right, hold tight. It's like a whole thing. Oh, my God. It's like Beth versus Beth, but they're on the same side, but there's a little tension. I, I don't even know. Okay. Oh, my God. So, yes, sex workers are, like, turning up dead all over the Miami area. And, quote, nobody knew why. So we meet this guy, Darren, right? He's a cold case detective. And he's sort of presented as one of the first people to recognize Sam Little's path of destruction for what it was, says Beth. And so he was assigned to this cold case of Melinda Dupree back in 2010. And he's like, all right, I'm going back decades. I'm going to I want to solve this shit. Like, let's go. And so Melinda Dupree, uh, her family calls her Mindy, so you'll hear Melinda and Mindy in this. Yeah, and so th- this was a case that happened in 1982, and basically what happened was... Well, she was a 22, 23-year-old female that found her way to Pascagoula, Mississippi, and she got into the prostitution trade. Who was she living with? Her boyfriend. And, you know, there was some information there that maybe he was pimping her out. And her boyfriend was the first person to report her missing. So at first, the cops didn't take it that seriously because they're like, yeah, you're her pimp. Like, of course, she doesn't want to be around you. Of course, you can't find her. But like, obviously, it it wasn't this guy. And her body was found a month after she went missing in a cemetery in Mississippi. I have two questions for Beth or just notes or just commentary. Beth cares wherever she is is sitting down with a paper and a pencil. She's ready to take your notes, GP. (laughs) And I I have my red pen, like, ready to circle it and underline it. (laughs) But I, but I love how Beth was like, it was this. Boyfriend who first reported Mindy missing. Like, Beth doesn't like the boyfriend. She's like, the boyfriend. Like, the way she just takes a. She collects herself the boyfriend. It's this boyfriend who first reported Mindy missing. But at first, police didn't take it very seriously. After all, prostitutes often skip out on their pimps by choice. But that's not what happened here. Again, we don't see her face when she's saying this. Uh Uh-huh. But at first, and then it's like, you know, the police didn't take her seriously. And Beth goes, well, you know, the cops didn't take her seriously because women often skip out on pimps by choice. And I'm like, Beth, (laughs) read the room, do some research. It's not like women are just like, I don't really feel like it anymore. No, they're trapped and the pimps keep them there. And then horrible things happen to them if they try to leave. So Beth being like, it makes total sense. She just packed up her belongings and off she went. And I'm like, like, Beth, you've been doing this longer than I have. I think you know. I think you know the danger there. The thing is, this documentary does feel very unaware of, like, the plight of sex work. Totally. Though this documentary is almost entirely about sex workers, it does feel very unaware of, like, how that happens, why that happens, what these people are actually like. Yes. So they find Mindy's body. It's horrifying. And there's no usable evidence on her body. So they don't know what happened to her. According to this cop, she was, like, very quote decomped they say like oh my god but like the point is her body had been there for like so long that out in the elements if there had been any biological evidence on her body it was just too deteriorated at this point to be any of of any use right so now they have to just talk to people and see what they can find out because there's no information at the crime scene so they're talking to the women who worked with her and saw her that night and they're saying you know they tell investigators she had latched on to a smooth talking black man with reddish brown hair 
and there was another lead. The two had driven off together in a beat-up brown station wagon. They're giving really good, really specific information. And I feel like that's another thing. Like, this is maybe a, a you could point out. Like, I feel like sex workers look out for each other. Totally. So they notice these details and they remember them just the fucking case. And they're not fucking idiots. Like, yeah, like, right. everyone's like, shockingly, they were they knew the color of the car. It's like, they're real people. Right. They're not morons. Like, yeah. give them a little credit. Like, oh my God. So anyway, it's like six weeks later, 20 miles away, a guy is pulled over in the car that matches the exact description, right? They arrest him. He's arrested under the name Sam McDowell, but it's actually Sam Little. Because remember, he went by both names? Yes, totally. I just want to point out here, vindication for me again. Serial killers, it always comes down to your fucking car, girl. I know. Jesus, get the goddamn taillight fixed. Son of Sam, pay your tickets. Totally. Oh my God. It's like Israel Keys. Like, don't speed on the fucking highway when you got a body in your truck? Right. And so now, but also now I'm thinking, okay, so they arrest Sam Little. I guess my main question is, why is there still an hour and 17 minutes left in this thing? If they have arrested him, <laughs> yes, an hour and 17 minutes of yeah. like talking about how they arrested him, fingers crossed? No. 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 <laughs> So the police question him about Mindy, the woman that they found in the cemetery. And he's like, yeah, I think maybe I picked up a sex worker, but I'm not really. He's like intentionally not giving any like good details. And they're they're just looking at his record. Like he's a drifter. He's a career criminal. And they're saying that like this guy's been arrested so many times that we like know where he's been. And these are the cops that have finally like put together the difference in the last names. So they're like, oh, we're looking at the rap sheet for Sam Little and the rap sheet for Sam whatever the fuck the other last name was. Yeah. And so all these women, these witnesses, they all pick him out of a lineup. All of them. They're all like, uh, that Sam Little guy, like that's that's absolutely him. Excuse me, do you mean when, according to Beth Karras, investigators went back to their prostitute witnesses with a photo lineup that included their suspect. Beth girl, I, you're no Diane Diamond, and that's great. And use that. How about just say witnesses? Don't even say I sex know. worker. They're just witnesses. They're just people who have information, and it's really good specific information. How dare all of us? And it's like without these witnesses, we would not be here talking about how this guy was caught. Truly. Yes. So let's let's pay these women some respect. And they say that like all of the women looking at this photo lineup, all of them identify Sam Little as the guy that Mindy Lepre drove off with that night. This is the guy. This is the guy that killed her. Yeah, and then we have this horrifying story about how there's a survivor here, this woman named Layla, and like she she ends up escaping Sam Little, but it's this horrifying story of him like dragging her into his car and beating the shit out of her, and like he she finally runs away, but she doesn't report it why? Because she's a sex worker and she doesn't want to, one, get in trouble for being a sex worker or she'd like to be believed when she tells this horrifying yeah. story and no one's going to believe her anyway. So like there are women who know that there's this predator around but they're not saying anything until the cops come to them and ask them questions and then when they answer the questions with accurate information they're known as the prostitute witnesses. I can't. Can't and I won't. Right. And and, and also maybe going to jail because like that's the other thing. Yeah like they're going to get in trouble for surviving Sam Little. Can you stand it? That's disgusting. I know. So the cops Cops want to charge him with second-degree murder in Mindy's case, the case of the woman that they found in the in the cemetery. It's a slam dunk. We've got the car. We've got good information. We have the witnesses. And we have our deceased. But at the end of the day, the district attorney felt that there simply wasn't enough to file murder charges. The DA is like, yeah, still not enough, girl. Still not enough. Because I'm thinking easy peasy, right? Like, again, why is there an hour and 15 minutes left? We should right. we should we should get the guy. But because Mindy's body was, quote, out in the elements for so long, there was no actual evidence on her body. And I'm like, well, what about the like eyewitness accounts? Oh, Beth has an answer for that. Their witness statements weren't enough either because of who was making those statements. Would you say that one of the reasons Sam wasn't charged was because two prostitutes were the eyewitnesses? Uh, that's always going to be a problem for prosecution on your witnesses if they've got criminal histories and and because of the lifestyles. So these are the two running themes, right? Like no one believed or listened to the sex workers and the survivors didn't report anything. So those two things combined, this is how we end up with 93 victims. Right. And so what happens is because the DA won't prosecute, the cops are keeping him in the jail in Mississippi. And like, because they're decent cops, they're like paying attention to what's going on in the states around them. So the cops see this flyer from Gainesville, Florida, 430 miles away, where just a couple days before Melinda Dupree was killed, another woman was killed and there's like the reporting
nothing on the car. So the car that the that the witnesses had described perfectly, which was how they got him in the first place, is the same car that is being described in this flyer from Florida. So I just have road trip. Beth is heading to Gainesville to talk to the original cops who worked the Florida murder case in 1982. And this is how burned we are in documentaries because I'm like, oh God, Florida's here. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I know. Florida has arrived for better or worse. And honestly, they're pretty great in this. Like they're 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 helpful. They're they're putting the pieces together. Thanks, Florida. Thanks, Florida, for all of your help. Yeah. So Beth is meeting these cops like on the scene in the original spot where this body was found on September 12th, 1982. So her name is Patricia Mount. You know, she's nude. She's in the middle of a hayfield. She's found by farmers. It's again like just horribly beaten. And the difference is though, she was only there about like 24 hours or less, they say. So there's there's more yeah. evidence to take from this crime scene than any of the others. You know, and so now we learn a little bit about this woman, Patricia. She was a super friendly person. She was a quote street person. She was 26 years old and witnesses had seen her the night before her body was found. The 26 year old had been spotted at a bar the night before. Witnesses saw her leave the bar with an out of towner that night after the two had been dancing together and she never came back. And they describe him as an out-of-towner, so he wasn't a local. They say that he was yeah. a black guy with reddish hair, which our other witnesses said. And they are describing the station wagon. Yeah, and so, like, the station wagon, the murders, the Beth is like, saying to the cops from the time, like, wow, like, that murder there, mm -hmm. the other murder was, you know, a couple hundred miles away. Same MO, these have got to be connected, right? And I feel like the cop looks at Beth and is like, yeah, I mean... Yes, like that's like, what we're all doing here, right? That, like, I signed a. Re did you sign a release? Are you? Is the host coming soon? Because this Beth person is asking me all these. I thought I was going to talk. about I was told we... Diane Diamond would be hosting this. I was expecting a copy with multiple uses of the word carnage. I, I was don't... expecting to not speak and just be like bulldoze. I thought Diane Diamond was coming. Or I have a little too much airtime here. That's not what I was. Promised. Also, these poor cops are just like never thought they would ever be on camera. You know what I mean? They're like they're those types, right? And so, like, so now Florida and Mississippi are working together, and Mississippi's like, yeah. Florida girl, we have this guy in custody. We've been holding him for six months, and normally you and I would be fucking screaming about that, but it's Sam Little, yeah. so I suddenly don't care. You right, <laughs> Sam Little. So the Florida cops are like, all right, Mississippi, you're saying you don't have enough to like charge this guy and take him to trial. Well, guess what we do? So they extradite Sam to Florida. And from that woman that they found in that hayfield in Florida, they had gotten like hair samples off of her body. And so now Florida is feeling like they've got a really strong case to prosecute. They've got eyewitnesses, his super shoddy alibi, this hair evidence. And so the prosecutor is saying like, girl, we were going to court. We felt really, really good. Did not go as planned, girl. This is where Florida is going to Florida. Well, well, this is why I've learned on this podcast never really fall in love because or let your guard down because the minute you're like oh did things change the rug gets pulled yeah. out from under you because no one gave a shit about hair samples in 1984 I guess the science wasn't there yet so Sam Little's lawyers are just like according to the defense Sam now conveniently remembered dancing with the victim earlier that night his hair could have gotten on her then there was no way to prove it one way or the other and so, like, that's really all he needed to say. Like, like that's all they needed for the reasonable doubt. And so the jury deliberates for 30 minutes. Holy shit. Like, you never hear. 30 minutes? And they acquit Sam Little. And the thing, he's he's out. He's, like, back walking among us two hours later. And this yeah. is where Beth Karras is, like, he started to use this. He started to, like, admit, oh, I knew them. Yeah, I pay for sex. Yeah, I do this. And then it's, like, well, that's why my hair is on them. That's why my DNA is on yes. them. And this works way too many times. And again, like to reiterate, it's because he's going after these like marginalized women who like, quote, people don't care about, you know, yeah. watching him get better and better at this is enraging to watch it as it happens. I know. But here's the thing. That all changed in Louisiana because yeah. now remember how we were just in the 80s? We're cutting to 1996. And this woman, Melissa Thomas, is found in a cemetery and Melissa's family is fucking over it. I mean, they are determined to get justice. So we we meet her siblings, Emma and Joe, and they meet up with Beth Karras and they're like, fuck this. We're determined to get justice. And it's a big distinction because again, like he had always been preying on these like forgotten women that didn't have families or whatever. Not Melissa's story at all. Last thing she said to my mom, she said, uh, I'll be right back and going by the store and get a pack of cigarettes. It had a gas station that stayed open all night. And uh, directly across the street was this uh, big cemetery. And uh, 
that was her shortcut of getting back home. She would get cigarettes and cut, like, her shortcut, like, in the middle of the night was to go through a cemetery. It's just like... That? I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine that. Again, floodlights. Just like, I don't know why cemeteries are dark ever, honestly. All cemeteries should be inside in brightly lit rooms. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want to hear the fluorescent light. That's what I want. <laughs> Always. I want you to see every every dark circle under my face. Every line. I don't care how I look. If I'm making it out alive, fucking great. So Melissa's family is on top of it. But you know who else is? We're cutting to 2009. Detective Crystal LeBlanc from Louisiana. Let me tell you. I know. Obsessed with her. So she gets a phone call and it's Melissa's sister begging her. It's been, you know, it was 1996. Now it's 2009. So she's like, can you please help me? And Crystal is here with us today. She's crying. I'm crying. We're all crying. She was so compassionate in that phone call. And to hear her say that her mom and dad died from, she said that her parents died from a broken heart. And so, so I just felt that I had to do something. I want to pause on this because you never see this. She's a member of law enforcement actually showing her emotions to an interviewer. You always get the, can we stop? Can we take it over? Can we do it? Crystal doesn't fucking care. Crystal was so invested in this family and solving this crime. Like, it was such a beautiful thing to see. Well, the thing is, Melissa, our victim, is a black woman. Crystal is a black woman. And so Crystal is feeling very, this is very personal for Crystal. And she also gets super, super close with the family. So it really means a lot to her from the very beginning. And everyone, every member of Melissa's family is like, yeah, no, that Crystal, she went above and beyond. I like, know. Crystal never took a day off. She's like, Crystal is just fucking perfection. Crystal for president. Totally. So, we do a time jump now, and we're back in 1984, and it's right after Sam Little was acquitted in Florida. Yeah. And so, we're we're about to meet this woman, Lori Barros, and she is a survivor of Sam Little, and she is here to tell her fucking story, and this woman, it, everyone pull over! Right. We are all in awe of her. You are, I am, Beth Karras is, it's bananas. Absolutely. And before we even get Lori's story, like, Beth Karras is like, why are you here? Why are you telling this story? And Lori says, I am speaking out about this coming public because I don't want this secret. I don't want this to not have a voice that can make a difference. And like, when you hear the story, it is so insane. And like watching this woman, I like watching her like heal by being a part of this documentary and telling this story is amazing. It's why these documentaries get made. Absolutely. And a lot of that for Lori is admitting to the world that she was a sex worker because she's yes. saying like, yes. I was going through a really hard time in my life. I was not in a good place. And she tells this horrible story. And like, this was his MO, right? He would pick up a sex worker, like violently shove them in the car like do horrible things he's choking her he was big into choking which is like uh so she was terrified and she says like he wasn't interested in sex like he wanted the violence he wanted me to be scared and like i can't believe she's telling us this after all this time here's what's interesting though sam little just like pushes her out of the car and drives away do you think he thought she was dead maybe maybe this just this the editing was a little off because she says like i sat there and played dead for what was probably a good half hour. Did not move a muscle. Terrified that he was still there. So maybe you're right. Maybe she started playing dead in the car. Yeah. And he was just then kicked her out of the car and like left her on the road. And the, the thing that she says now telling the story is that she says, I brought this on myself. I never blamed him. It's my fault. I never blamed him. She says, I brought this on myself, which is just obviously, obviously not fucking true, but it's just heartbreaking to hear her say that. Yeah, and and that she so openly says, like, report it. What are you kidding me? And her yeah. friends finally were like, you have to report this attack. Like, you have to. Yeah. The, the whole point is that she's blaming herself. She doesn't want to speak up at all. And so thankfully she does because I don't think we'd be here without her 
help. No, and he is counting on that. He's counting on her not reporting it. Right. That's how he keeps getting away with it. And it's not anyone's fault if if whatever happens to other people. But like by her reporting this, he gets stopped eventually. You know. So imagine if she hadn't. It's so disgusting how aware he is about how yes. how no one will care about these women or knowing how these women view themselves or what they're going to go through about this. Like that awareness is really disgusting to me. Yeah, so we meet this guy, Wayne Spees. He, back in the day, 30 years ago, when this was all happening, he was a rookie cop. And it's a month after Lori's attack. And, like, as a rookie cop, he's like, you know what? We've got the description of this fucking guy's car because Lori made that report. Why don't we go to the place where he did this and, like, just check it out? You never know. Like, sometimes these people come back. And this story is fucking amazing. So these this cop explains to us that we have a tactic where we turn on all the lights out on the car and we pull in we're dark and uh you know we get up over the hill and we can see the car there and i was like wow he and his partner are like driving up to the area where this happened to Lori. they turn the lights off they drive really slow and as they're coming like around a bend they see a car that meets the exact description of what Lori described you guys this is a month later and they realize they are coming upon the guy who did this to her doing it again to somebody else can you believe like for hold on no! a second hold everyone hold on and, and go back to where you came from really like just turn, er, turn this car around because hold totally, on a second totally. can you imagine yeah, this rookie walking into like the coffee and donut room like hey so just like let's just go back to that place like this guy's spanning states and whatever the fuck let's just go back to this one specific place and hope against hope that he's gonna do it again we'll just catch him we'll just sit there we'll be all quiet and it works like that's insane girl i don't mean to interrupt you but can you promise me when we end this like whenever we start making this podcast we'll open a gay bar called the coffee and donut room sure i mean one of our many gay bars but it'll be probably in the sky because we're gonna do this in our ghost form years after we're dead correct that's the record that's on record Okay, so the cops pull into this area where they know Sam Little had attacked that other woman and they see his car. Like, they come upon him doing it again. Again, what are the fucking odds? Like, unbelievable. I know, So I know, Sam I know. Little, like, notices that he's being watched, I guess, and he gets out of the car. Sam Little is literally caught with his pants down. He, he jumps out of the back seat very quickly. He's a big guy, too. And uh, his pants are, are loosened down, you know, so he pulls them up. I can see that he's got... Uh, scratches going down his throat and they're fresh they're he's bleeding he gets out with pants around his ankles truly like not funny but yeah. he calls his pants down and oh, sorry, he, sorry, he sorry. has like fresh scratches he's bleeding all uh, over his face and the cops are like what's up buddy and sam little's like nothing yeah, much what's up with you and so they're like uh i don't know like we asked you first and sam's like well um my wife and i funny hilarious uh-huh. hilarious like gut busting knee slapping story uh my wife and yeah. i got in a fight and this is why I have the blood all over me. Totally yeah. fine. I'm just gonna, whoo, I'm gonna head yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, I'm just bleeding. Pants are around my ankles. Not a goddamn thing to see here. So you do your thing. I'll do mine. We're just gonna see you later. Thank you so much for asking. See you later, alligator. As a matter of fact, yeah. Expecting the cops to be like wild crocodile, and the cops are like, no, bitch, we're fucking arresting you. They do. They like arrest him without incident. And you have to tell me that the next day in the coffee and donut room, that guy was hoisted onto everyone's shoulders and paraded around the place like it's fucking newsies in here. I mean. You'd think the world will know, but I don't know about that. He is the king of New York. But the good news is this woman is alive. Like, I can't believe it, but the woman is alive. And again, just to be clear, the cops don't know that it's Sam Little. Like, they just think it's a creep. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, so the woman is alive. I mean, she's gone through hell, but we get so much of Sam's DNA. And I'm like, okay, so now can we get the guy? Is there still 30 minutes? Like, what do we do? Like, can we get him now? Like, how many times is he going to get away with this and or not serve a full sentence? Like, what the fuck? So now they've got this guy on two accounts of attempted murder. Lori and the woman who was in the back of the car when he was arrested, whose name we don't get. Right. So we meet this guy, Gary Rempel. He's the district attorney and he's going to be prosecuting this case. And he's like looking at this guy's rap sheet. He's like, this guy's obviously a dirtbag. Two cases of murder in Florida. That's bananas. Let's call those guys. This guy calls Florida and the cops are like, oh, we'll do you one better, girl. After this guy was acquitted, his defense attorney told us this guy admitted to at least 60 fucking murders. And then Rempel or whatever the hell this guy's name is, is like, It was frustrating to me in that due to attorney-client privilege, I wouldn't be able to use that in my case. Jillian, can we revisit that law? When a guy admits to murder, to 60 murders, could we maybe make an exception? Once the case is over, fuck yeah. 
Like, sing like yeah. a canary. I just love the idea of this Gary guy being like, Florida, get me Florida on the phone. Florida, what the fuck is going on down there? Because, like, on paper, Sam Little should be in prison, yeah. right? You have the hair, you have yes. the whatever. And so this guy's like, I'm sorry, what? So then after yeah. they're like, oh, like you said, do you want better? 60 other murders. I just have in my notes all highlighted for fucking Jesus, as you would say. Florida, yeah. get your shit together. I know. Like, I, I can't. You know what, though? Everyone get your shit together. Yes. Because suddenly we're going to trial in San Diego. Everything looks good. And then this Rempel guy's like, well, we went to trial and uh, things didn't go as planned. And actually things didn't go as planned, girl. This is the moment where like, if this were a morning zoo show, you'd hear the wah, 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 wah. And, and, and you'd hear, I'd, I'd be walking out. You'd hear the door slam. I'd be like, I'm done. I'm done. Goodbye. I just, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Everybody in every state knows this guy's tried to kill 400,000 people. No one can nail the guy. And the thing is, his big defense is to victim blame. He's like, these women yeah. attacked me first. So like, I'll, yeah, I'll just, right. should I see myself out? Because obviously, <laughs> let's blame the women sex workers, right? They're total pieces of garbage. Nobody cares about them. It's kind of why I'm I'm targeting them. So I can just go? Yeah, Same way I totally. came in? Great. Bye. And so they say they've got to make this like shitty plea deal where they charge him with assault with intent to inflict grave bodily injury. He gets four years. He tried to kill two women in this town and he gets four years. The jury says if you're a sex worker, like sex is sex. It doesn't matter if you were raped or doing a job like who cares and i'm like oh my god i know i know and he only serves two and a half years of that sentence by the way you guys in february 1987 he's released on good behavior he gets girl. the option of good <laughs> are your temples okay girl no they're not okay? <laughs> thank you for asking so much thank you so much they're horrifying they're pulsating they're going to explode this is one of those things where i'm like no my rage is totally real and i it's totally yeah. right for me to hate everybody and justified real and justified that's the tagline for jillian's Law, by the way the tv show on nbc real, real and justified the jillian benzavalli story <laughs> but like the fact that you can find reasonable doubt like it's so violent what he did is so violent yeah. and so full of hate and you could be like well they asked for it like i feel like the jury was like but what were they wearing? But they literally are. You can't just for a second say, hold on a second. Right. Paying for sex is one thing. Violently assaulting someone? Like, how? How? Why is there this disconnect? I don't understand. So he heads to Los Angeles, the city of angels, you guys. The yeah. city of goddamn angels. I mean, look, we just came off the Night Stalker, so I'm just like, what the fuck? Somewhere <laughs> Zoe Turr and I are cheersing like, they sucked. <laughs> what are you talking about? So we meet this guy, Jesse Saltero. He was a beat cop in South Central LA. Beth is on a drive. Beth is on, what do you call it? Like a, a, she's on like a- A drive? What do you call it when she goes on a- She's in a car? When she goes- Like a stakeout? A, a getaway. <laughs> no, when you go like on a, when you go like on a drive with a cop, isn't there, isn't there a name for that? I feel like there totally is. And now that you're looking right at me, there's <laughs> a no- ride along, A ride along! A ride along! I yes! did it! I did it! <laughs> Yeah, and so, you know, he's telling us... When this homicide came out, that was my first homicide, and it said respond to possible homicide on Ascot Avenue, uh, female, Hispanic. We learn about this victim. Her name is Guadalupe Apodaca. Yeah. So we learn about her, like, brutal, gruesome murder. She's a mother. She's got children. It is horrible. And then we find out a few blocks away, there's another murder victim discovered in a dumpster. Yeah, and her name is Audrey Nelson. And the thing is, Audrey Nelson, we learn, this is so horrifying, but Audrey fought back a lot. And there are yeah. fingernails to be collected. And this is, like, five years before DNA testing was ever even, like, talked about. But for some reason, five years before DNA, they're collecting DNA. This is a big deal, you guys. Like, we we kind of go over this quickly, but, like, it was a lot of foresight. Like, like we, we know the cops in L.A. in the 80s and the 90s sucked. We know that. Yeah. But, like, somebody did a, it did a good thing here where they saved the DNA thinking maybe someday this, this will actually help us do something. Guess what? It totally fucking does. Good thinking. Right. And the thing is, like, eventually the evidence was found and, and tested. It only took 23 years, but thank God. Yeah, because we, we immediately jumped to 2012. All of a sudden, it's like a 23-year leap and we're learning about CODIS which is just like I mean I don't know a lot about this stuff but CODIS is basically like the national database of DNA profiles for criminals. It's like the science gook. It's like the DNA yeah. gook. <laughs> but I do want to say it's like okay so five years before DNA was a thing so why are we waiting 23 years? I know. Like I know. That, that math doesn't add up but 
I got to tell you, wait, there's a second Beth on the scene. Her name is Beth Silverman. And oh my God. she, so in 2012, after this DNA is run, ran through the DNA goog, Beth yeah. Silverman has arrived onto the scene. She is a- The DNA goog. Girl, you are perfect. You are, I just want you to know you're fucking perfect. Thanks, God girl. damn it. Right back at you. So Beth Silverman is in LA and she's the, the deputy DA, right? So she's alerted yeah. that there's like a hit on this. There was a DNA match. It was brought to me by a detective who I'd worked with before. And she had told me at that time that they had case-to-case matches to two murders of women from the 80s. So we went off on this investigative mission. I love her. Do you? I feel like you don't love her. I'm obsessed with her. I totally love her. I think she's awesome. Okay. I just like really yeah. want to get into the weird, probably unnecessary tension between Beth Karras and Beth Silverman. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. They're all there. They're there for the same reason, right? We are all on the same side here, right? Like we want we want to get this guy, right? We're all doing the same job, Beth. Beth Silverman is like, look, if we have two matches that we ran through this DNA yes. goog, there's gotta be more. It's like cockroaches, right? Oh god, they're yeah. in all my mouth. They're all in my mouth now. Yeah. So Beth Silverman, the, the LA assistant DA who we love, is saying, We've got these two murders from the 80s that are connected. The Guadalupe and Audrey. They've connected them through DNA. And she's saying, Beth the DA is saying, Why don't we go through some of our cold cases now that we've got this DNA and see any cold case with DNA, see if it matches these. And we can like solve more cold cases. So that's what they're doing. And the thing is. They keep getting matches to Sam Little. Do you think that they scream every fucking time? Every time there's like a match, to, or they scream with delight and terror, I feel like. I want the scream, like the, whatever, the garbage bell, just the woo, woo, the you scream with the lights and the sirens. Woo, 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 woo. Someone's hair is just on fire. Just like there's a big like igniter, like woo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because remember, like Sam Little was arrested a ton. Of, he has a long, long record. He just never really served any decent time for it. So like, of totally. course, he's in the science goog, right? And by the way, you guys, this guy is still alive and out there at this point. Right. Like, like that's the other fucking thing. This guy's out there. So they keep finding matches to Sam Little because, of course, he's in the system, right? So right now yeah. we have Audrey Nelson, Guadalupe Abadaka, and Carol Elford, right? And so Beth is like, I'm ready to make some moves. Like, obviously, we're going to keep getting hits on the science goog like I'm good I want to go forward and get this guy (laughs) and so I'm sitting here I'm like this is great right so Beth Karras is like well don't not so fast because how do we find (laughs) Sam Little after all these years and I'm like you give him a regular goog you dummies like if he's in the science how do we find him you goog like am I crazy like they find him they find him living in a homeless shelter in Kentucky September 5th 2012 he's arrested he's 72 years old okay hold on a second everyone pull over again Hopefully you didn't start driving in the middle of this. Just for the record, when we say pull over, we mean like for the rest of the episode. Forever. Yeah. As in like buy a house there. You live there now. You live there now. Safely. Yeah. Floodlights and everything. Um, So DA Beth is like, these three murders are great, but I want more. I want more of these. And she's like, I don't want Sam Little to get away with this again because he just keeps getting away with shit. And so she's like, you know, I need, uh, you know, I'm going to say the word pattern evidence. And Beth Karras is like super impressed that she knows that term. Even though you have three dead prostitutes with his DNA on them, you still wanted to get this, what you call 1101B evidence, but it's the- the Pattern You do use the term pattern evidence. I use pattern evidence. Beth is like, oh, oh, so you say uh, pattern evidence. And DA Beth is not impressed that Beth Karras is impressed with her usage of pattern evidence. And I'm like, Beth, we are all on the same side here. Like why? It's it's weirdly tense. And I'm just like, I feel like Beth Karras introduced the tension. And if I'm wrong, I'm happy to be wrong. But I just feel like DA Beth is like, what the fuck? And the fact that Beth Karras is like, oh, so you know that term. And I'm like, oh, Beth Karras. Ooh, ooh, bad move. It's wild. Like if you you only watch like two minutes of this thing, you got to watch this exchange. It's right at the end. It's fucking wild. Like what is happening? happening and da beth sort of steamrolls beth karras like totally (laughs) she's like yeah so i use that term anyway are we getting the guy or what (laughs) what you want to compete with me when we're on the same side all right beth karras nice pantsuit (laughs) beth i love you call me same i love you call me be my friend but then don't turn on me on twitter that's all i ask don't be a diane diamond in many ways (laughs) 
So basically they go and arrest the guy. And and what DA Beth's point is that like, look, we do have these murdered sex workers with the DNA evidence. We have that. That's not enough. We need to get the living survivors. And that's when we go back to Lori. And Lori, if you remember, she's the one that survived in San Diego. And, you know, and she's talking about how like they asked her to come and testify and what that would mean for her. You know, it's 30 years later and she's studying criminal psychology. She's got a kid. She's got a family. Her life is in a very different place. The worst part was having to tell my daughter. I worked so hard when both my kids were born to be a good mom, a good influence, a good role model. And the worst of it was having to tell her that I had, that I had engaged in prostitution. You know, she thought her daughter would be really disappointed in her, and she wasn't. Like, it's a big moment. I mean, the end of this documentary goes on and on and on, but, like, I will say I loved getting Lori's story here about how she decided to, like, participate in this because it's the right thing to do because she survived, and what she can do now is get justice for those who didn't. Yeah, and it really just highlights again and magnifies why... Not only women don't say anything, but sex workers don't. Even all this time later, she's still so, she's holding this shame. And it turns out that Lori, once again, like, did really good work for this case. So in 2014, piece of shit. Have I mentioned that we hate him? That's clear, right? (laughs) Uh, Sam Little is finally brought to, like, a little bit of justice. So he's found guilty of the murders of Guadalupe, Audrey, and Carol. But that's three, right? So it's like, everyone knows he's, like, the most prolific Beth, like, wrong word. But he's... He's, he's he's killed a lot of women. The most celebrated serial killer in America. Right, like, like, woo, like confetti emoji, like Beth. Oh my God. And so the point is like, okay, so he's in prison forever. Like, that's great. But yeah. there are more murders that he's not held responsible for. And now that's why we're back with Melissa, one of our victims, and Crystal, that awesome detective. And really what happens is that like the ball gets rolling here with the Texas Rangers. Because they're like, hey girl, here's the thing. If you will acknowledge that you did this one murder in Texas that we know that you did. We'll take the death penalty off the table. We'll get you a cushy cell at the county jail. And suddenly, like, FBI, all the FBI and all of our heroes, like Crystal, could start coming in to question him. And he is just admitting to murder after murder after murder after murder. The thing for me is that, like, there's video of all of this. I know. And, and he's speaking gleefully. This is the thing about serial killers. Like, you, see, you saw it with Israel Keys. You see it with all of the... They want to tell their story. They want to tell you how they did it, how they got away with it. He openly acknowledges that he was looking for women that people wouldn't miss, that he could kill and if he got out of town in in enough time nobody would be any the wiser because nobody was looking for them. And he remembers these details. He asks for art supplies so he can draw them. It's hard enough to draw portraits with a person who's sitting in front of you. If he's painting or drawing these portraits from memory from things he did 30 years earlier he has relived this over and over and over in his mind. And that's that's just him. That's Sam Little. That's the monster of Sam Little. The details he remembers are like the clothes they were wearing, exactly where he took them, what they said, if they had kids. You guys, these murders are like 30 years old. And he is, like you said, gleeful. It reminds me of, of Israel Keys, but also Ted Bundy when he like wanted to relive in court what he did to these women. Yes. And Sam Little does the same thing. And so, you know, it ends really with Chris. With Crystal, yes. she meets Sam Little because Crystal's whole thing is like, I need to get justice for Melissa Thomas, right? Like, I we we really need and and Mindy Dupree. Now, like Melissa's whole fight is like for everyone, right? It started with Melissa, yeah. and Melissa's like her number one. But it's like, oh my god, like so much justice needs to be done. I just want to point out that when Crystal was invited to come and, and question him, she says she did not even listen to the radio. I drove all the way there with no radio. I prayed all the way there because. I wanted to make sure that I asked all the right questions because, like, I'm coming back with some major information. Like, I'm coming back to tell the Thomas family that it's over. Probably, like, imagining how the conversation would go and just, like, rehearsing, just saying, like, fuck you, you piece of shit, or however Crystal handled it, (laughs) not micromanaging Crystal. Um, And, like, it's just, it's so shitty because there are so many victims. And, like, we know, like, he confesses to Mindy Dupree. He confesses to Melissa Thomas. But, like, on paper, it's not, like, justice is not served on paper. But he's, like, rotting away forever. And that's great. But there is some kind of, like, like, it even ends with, like, the case is still ongoing. And the cops are, like, asking for help for any more, like, proof to get this guy. And I'm like, this guy sings like a canary. He can't wait. Just ask him. He'll tell you. He sucks. Like, end of story. Case closed. 
Did I do it? <laughs> Sam Little sucks. Fuck you, Sam Little. Fuck you. I hope you're listening. Fuck you. I don't even want your five bucks. Get off Lady of Hates at the five. I don't even want you. Go away. Go away. You guys, we did Catching a Serial Killer, Sam Little. Girl, I did not know about Sam Little. This was a real education. Yeah, it was like, it was a lot to get through in the notes and the watching and the rewatching, but I think we did okay. I think we did all right yeah. with this. Yes, same. I mean, you guys, this like, honestly, if you need to know more, either watch the thing yourself or just give the guy a Google. I mean, like, it really, it goes on and on and on and on. Anyway, if you want more Jillian and me, you know where to find us. Find us on the Patreon. You get over 200 full bonus episodes to download a binge right this sack. Yeah, except Sam Little. You're not allowed. You're not welcome to the party. You're not invited. No, not that. Sam Little, get off the page, please. Get off. Get out. Take your $5 and go away. How many times do I have to say it? (laughs) You guys, we just wrapped up um, Heaven's Gate, which was bananas. Very TikTok cult o'clock we're in the middle of murder in the bayou oh i'm obsessed with this case i'm obsessed with this so case oh i am like i can't i think <laughs> about it i dream about it truly i'm obsessed with this case oh my god okay wait what are we doing next on the regular feed girl next we're doing the life and crimes of doris Payne. oh right you and steve have both been going crazy about this tell me what is this tell me everything she is this jewel thief who like insists on still being a jewel thief. She's like 80. So she has really? this, she has this like amazing story. She is like Doris Payne work. I mean, it's, it's a whole, there's like, I have a lot of feelings about it, but she's here with us being like, Oh, so here's how I stole those millions of dollars. Like what's the problem? It's amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> Um, you guys follow us on Instagram at True Crime Obsessed Podcast. I'm at Patrick Hines underscore. Jillian is Jillian with a G on all the socials. Yep. So stay tuned for the trailer for what's it called? It's called The Life and Crimes of Doris Payne. And then our hilarious and ridiculous outtakes from this, which I'm sure are just bananas. I mean, what are we doing here? We're allowed to be recorded and then we put it out into the world. I feel like I have to remind us that on like a bi-weekly basis. This is crazy. It's true. All right. We love you guys. We love you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Doris Payne for me is someone who manipulates people, and that's her job. If you know the jewelry robbery world, she certainly would be in the Hall of Fame. Kane admits to stealing expensive diamonds from all around the world, including Paris, Monaco, and Tokyo. Well, a notorious jewel thief has struck again. She's so famous, her life story is about to become a movie starring Halle Berry. Doris is the protagonist and the antagonist in the screenplay that Doris Payne writes herself every day. When I'm preparing to go on a campaign, I'm preparing to play the part of somebody else. There's never been a day that I went to steal that I did not get what I went to do. She sees something she wants, she will go and get it. And me, you, Jesus wouldn't stop her from doing it. Cannot be in Saks Fifth Avenue well, from the this judge did closet. not say that. Well, there is a court order, and I verified that through your probation officer. She has made a lifelong career out of stealing and taking advantage of people. It is time for her to go to prison. It is time for her to pay that price. They want you to plead guilty to burglary and take three years in state prison. Absolutely not. I don't have any regrets about stealing jewelry. I, I regret getting caught. Like how badly you felt for me when I said latitude as though I thought that was the actual word. You didn't? No. Okay, good. It was just a misspeak, but oh God. Matt, make me sound as stupid as possible. Don't you dare. Keep this in the outtakes. I love you, girl. You're smart. You're beautiful. <laughs> what are you? You're going to beg Matt to keep that one in too? Matt, keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Can you make sure that I'm cremated? I don't know if I've told everybody this or not, but I'd really like to not be buried. I feel like Steve knows. Steve must know this, right? I hope so. Okay. We do have wills somewhere. Thankfully, this is being recorded. (laughs) (laughs) The cops have no idea. They've just taken in a man who is on his way to becoming the most prolific serial killer in American history. Beth. Please don't say prolific. That's what you say about a novelist. I know. You know what I mean? I, this is what I'm saying. Beth Cares is doing a lot of driving in this. Is there a lot of no-dos involved? Is she doing a lot of Dunkin' Donuts coffee? Like, Beth! I think she's just focused and she has like a team of PAs and oxygen. Like, Beth, <laughs> be safe. <laughs> oxygen the channel, yeah, not oxygen like the, the air. <laughs> Although, open a window, Beth. The cool air will do you good. Trick story, you guys. You promised you would have me cremated. Shit! <laughs> you can't do that because all I want to do is own like
like eight gay bars with you. I know. You can't like rope me in with that. That was a trick thing for me. You again, yeah, the yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. This is why you don't fall in love or you don't like let your guard down. Because well, again, with Florida, I got the rug pulled right out from under me. I thought I could trust you, girl. Can you imagine Sam Little's fucking Facebook page? Oh my god. Trash. It just says trash. Trash. <laughs> you can't even like su like submit a friend request. Nope. Nope. Joe, trash. No. Even, even Zuckerberg is like, mm -mm, no, 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 too far, too far even for me. <laughs>